John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica Ed. And this is the High Game Podcast, John. Oh man, welcome back to West Seattle, Ed. It's beautiful today. I think I'm going to put a mask on and walk up to the farmer's market. But there are people up there. I have shot number one down. Nice. It doesn't do much, or I don't know what it does, but you know, (laughs) I'm getting stronger. My body is ready to be within, like, 20 feet of people. At the farmer's market? So then you're not going to buy anything. For sure I'm going to buy some stuff. I mean, you know, in the last year, I have gone to the grocery store. I would think the farmer's market is far safer than the grocery store. They've all got that hippie immunity. Plus, it's outdoors, not indoors. Oh, that's what you meant. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Not the weirdo pickle juice guy or whatever. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about guitars today, Ed. Yeah, exclusively. You know what? We're going to go wherever our hearts desire. Whoa. We're going to go wherever. Expand out, like galaxy brain style. You know, you've said galaxy brain a few times. Yep. And I realize, I'm not sure I know what that is. It's like the picture of the brain and it's just slightly lit up. And then it's maybe like JHS pedal, and the brain is like starting to expand. And then Chase Bliss Bliss Factory, and the brain is exploded. You've seen that meme, right? No, I guess I'm not as internet-y as you. (laughs) (laughs) Really? I guess not. It's a pretty internet thing. That's what you're for, Ed. The internet-y thing. Our demographic actually skews older, I would say. Maybe old dudes don't know what galaxy brain means, but Ed Peterson is like a 16-year-old girl on the inside. Oh, well, all right. The TikToks, I'm into it. The dance moves, yeah. Like you said, not just talking about guitars. Sure. We're going to break into meme culture. Oh, one night.
Beverages. Beverages, Ed. I have no idea who sang that song. None. Zero. That was Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons. Okay. Yeah, again, with the skewing to old dude demographic. (laughs) They know what this is. (laughs) But yeah, I totally know the song, of course. Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons? Subject of the Broadway hit Jersey Boys? (laughs) I don't know anything about that either. They were the subject of a Broadway musical. I see. Called what? Jersey Boys? Yes. I like Jerky Boys. You know those guys? (laughs) Hey, calm down there, sizzle chest. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so Frankie Valli. I don't know anything about them, but I bet they're cool. They're from my neck of the woods there in New Jersey. Like what exit is that? Where the armpit part is. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Frankie Valli. Do we dong that dude? What's his deal? I don't know. (laughs) Do we? Frankie Valley. Oh my goodness. What? He is going to turn 87 on May 3rd. Hey, there you go. Happy birthday, Frankie Valley. Let's raise a glass of something to Frankie. What are you drinking, Ed? I got a Topo Chico mineral water. That's it. What? what? No coffee, no nothing. I'm just raw dogging mineral water over here. Wishing you could go in the backyard and steal some fruit? Exactly. That's exactly right. I'm so bummed. But we did buy a juicer. It's one of those pulverizing, masticating juicers. Ooh. So you just put in like grass and spinach and stuff. (laughs) Grass. Yeah. I've been making all these super green drinks. Mow the lawn, make a beverage. Exactly. In a couple weeks, when I've got my second shot and you've got your second shot, I'll bring my juicer up and I'll make us both a nice frothy glass of grass. That sounds horrible. What about you? I've got a Bedford's root beer. You've been going pretty hard on the protein shakes recently. You're like mixing it up. Yeah, this is from Northwest Soda Works, Port Angeles, Washington. Port Angeles, that's close to Squim, Washington. Yes. Uh, Of course, I've got the backup coffee. Mm Mm-hmm. Gotta have that. Yeah, guy like you. Ed? Yeah. We've got a guitar today. Yeah. You've heard me playing it. Mm Mm-hmm. This is a Gretsch. Our good friends at Thunder Road Guitars, they drove out to Idaho. Yes. The talk of the internet is the Idaho. Yes. They came back with guitars, the vast majority of which are vintage Gretsches. Yeah. So I've got one here today, Ed. I broke my thing and I had to go into the store yesterday and look at the Gretsch wall and it's bonkers. That wall is crazy right now. There's even a stereo white falcon. We've talked about White Falcons, that they're not really my jam, but man, that thing is amazing looking. Yeah. Today, we're going to talk about one of these things. I've got a Gretsch Anniversary guitar here. I saw that wall, and there's 30, 40 Gretsches on the wall, like 60s, 50s, 70s, and the one you're holding? Yes. That's the one I want. This guitar's sick. Yes. It is sick. (laughs) Yes. It is sick. (laughs) I liked that. (laughs) Sick. Yeah. It's a two-tone green color. It's a light green, and the sides and back are a darker green. But that shade of green they're using, they called smoke green. I think it's mint chocolate chip. Great. It's the color of mint chocolate chip ice cream. Sure. Yeah. The year, Ed, 
mm-hmm. was 1958. 58, that's my year right there. If you could go in the Wayback Machine to 1958, to the first year of all these great guitars that all these companies were making, damn. I looked it up not long ago, 1958, and what models came out. Oh, look at this. Look at Ed. Not only do I have some notes, I have notes that I'm actually able to access. Ooh. Rickenbacker 325, 330, 360. Gibson Explorer, Flying V, Modern, 335, 345, 355. Fender Jazzmaster, Gretsch Country Gentleman, Gretsch Anniversary, Gretsch Tennessean. And Gretsch made Filtertron pickups in 58. What about that? That was a hell of a year. (laughs) Yeah. 1958, as it turns out, was the 75th anniversary of Gretsch. Like the company itself. Yeah. Okay. So they wanted to celebrate by making an anniversary model. And so that's what they did. It's a jazz box, two and a half inches deep. It's a hollow body, laminated maple, a couple of F-holes in there, a couple of pickups. You could get a one pickup or a two pickup version. As I mentioned, this is two-tone smoke green, but you could get what they called shade, a vintage sunbursty color. Shade. Cool. Yeah, when they first came out with this, it had two Filtertron pickups in it. You mentioned that they were developed that same year. Yep. Those are essentially humbuckers. This thing did very, very well. So well that they kept making it well past their 75th anniversary. They still make it today. (laughs) That's well past. Yeah. Now, all the Gretsch guitars have numbered designations as well, and they confuse the bejesus out of me. Yeah, I do not get it at all. They do call guitars things, but then they tack that number onto the end of it. Right. So, yes, this is the anniversary, but depending on what it is, it has a number. So what's the number of this one? This one, which is the two-tone in green with two pickups, is the 6118. Oh, okay. If it was the sunburst, it would be the 6117. (laughs) It's even down to the color. Yes. That's crazy. And if it only had one pickup in sunburst, it would be the 6124. And that's the thing I don't get either. One pickup, wouldn't that be a lower number than two pickups? Apparently not. Mm. At the same time, you could get a Chet Atkins hollow body that was considered fancier. That model number was 6120. So, wait a minute. The fancy Chet Atkins is 6120, but the less fancy single pickup anniversary was 6124. Okay, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Can we back up one sec here? Yeah. You said filtertrons are humbuckers. Yes, they filter the hum. Oh, is that the deal? Rip a chord for me. Let me hear that thing. That's nice, huh? Did you say this is a one or a two pickup? This is a two. This is a double anniversary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all the appellation double means, two pickups. Appellation? Write it down, Ed. Je m'appelle Ed. I am called Ed. Appellation means, you know, to be called. I don't think I've ever heard that word used in a sentence like that before. I totally did not mean to break out the egghead. Like you were saying, we're going to expand out. This is also word of the day, appellation. Ooh, word origins. Do you want to just look it up and tell everybody the definition? 
Appalachian is a legally defined and protected geographical indication used to identify where the grapes for a wine were grown. <laughs> but it's also an Appalachian, apparently. Huh. Or it's a name, title, designation, or the act of naming. A verbal or written designation of an individual, like lord or prince. Designation of an object, Mount Everest. Unique concept, the Nobel Prize. Or double anniversary guitar. Oh, right, yes. Can I tell you something about this guitar, Ed? Please. This guitar, which is that smoke green two-tone color. Yeah. I have a particular fondness for. The color? The color and the guitar itself. Oh, okay. When I was a kid, about... 15, one of my first jobs was to work washing dishes in a deli. Mm -hmm. And one of the people that worked behind the counter at the deli making sandwiches was this old retired guy named Lenny. Lenny was always like, yeah, what do you want on that? You want a ham on that? Okay, we got ham. I'll make you a ham sandwich. Real Jersey guy. Sure. Lenny Puglisi was his name. Come to find out after a while that Lenny was an old jazz cat from way back when. Oh. Guitar player. So I start taking lessons from Lenny. My parents would drive me to his house at night, and his wife would let me in. He's downstairs. And I'd go downstairs, and there's Lenny sitting in the corner of the basement, and he's got a big, huge, black, hefty bag filled with cigarette butts. Oof. And he's just smoking cigarettes and tossing them in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got a little tiny amp, and he's got this guitar, this smoke green two-tone Gretsch double anniversary. And I took lessons from him, and he taught me, like, reading and jazz chords, and I never really picked it up enough for it to stick, but I do remember him talking about playing studio and club dates and having to read stuff on the spot. You would just show up, and somebody would give you a piece of paper. You better know how to play it, or you're not coming back. Yeah. The way he put that was, if a fly shit on the paper, you better read it. All right, Lenny. <laughs> yeah. One of Lenny's distinctions was having played with Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. Oh, my God, John, you did it again. It's the best when you do it that way, and then it just comes back like a fucking boomerang. <laughs> Hits you out of nowhere. Right upside your beverage-drinking head. What's Lenny up to? I actually don't know. Given how old he was when I was a kid, right? he'd have to be over 100. <laughs> over 100 and still just filling hefty bags with cigarettes. Of course, I'm not going to dong him without exact proof. Sure. Let's say it's not looking good for Lenny. Right. Did you ever get to play Lenny's Anniversary Gretch? I don't think he ever let me play it, no. Wild. Yeah. How much do you think this thing was in 1958 when it came out? $1958. I'm going to say it was $392. That's pretty close, Ed. It was 310 Oh, okay. But you know, even in today dollars, that's 2800 bucks. The ES-335 came out in 58 Right. In that year, it was $335. Okay, so the anniversary is kind of right in line there, maybe? 310 you said? Yeah. $25 cheaper, which is, you know, almost 10% less. Okay. I'm kind of surprised. I jacked it up because I thought it'd be more. They were trying to price it to be more accessible than the fancier things that they had, and maybe more accessible than the fancier things other people had. Interesting. The fancy thing at that point 
from Gretsch would have been the Chet Atkins. Yep. Its number, as we mentioned, was 6120. That was $475. Wow. Holy shit. That's 4300 bucks in today dollars. That's a massive delta. For all you budding collectors out there, here's the thing. It wouldn't be this way for long because over the years, features change, things get added, other things get taken away. But at first, the only difference between the anniversary and the Chet Atkins was that the Chet Atkins had binding all over it, on the neck, on the headstock, on the F-holes, all over the place. And the pickguard actually said Chet Atkins. That's it. All the other specs of the instrument between the Chet Atkins and the anniversary, exactly the same. That Delta M price holds to this day. Yeah. The anniversary is less than half of what a Chet Atkins goes for. For a 1958 guitar that you can get for around two grand, these anniversaries are awesome. It's beautiful, and it's got a plate on the headstock, a rectangular plate that says anniversary model with kind of a sparkling diamond on it. Of all of the things that I like about that guitar, yes, that is the one thing I dislike about that guitar. Huh. It feels like a weird afterthought, just like, what are we going to do with all these little square pieces of metal we got? <laughs> the anniversary was not the only guitar they put those on. Yeah, I just don't like them. So there you have it in 1958. You've got the anniversary models meant to be more accessible than the Chet Atkins model. But soon after that is when things start diverging. Okay. In 1960, Gretsch introduces what they call the Hilotron pickup. Ooh. Do I know anything about that? What is that? They call them electronic heads. Ooh, like on a tape machine. Exactly right. Filtertrons, as we mentioned, are more like a humbucker. There are two coils sitting on top of magnets. Hylotrons are essentially single coils. It's one single coil. But check this out. Instead of a single coil sitting on top of a magnet, imagine the magnet is stuck to the side of the coil. What's the coil wrapped around? The pole bangers. Oh, weird. Like on both sides or just one? Just one side. Weird. So if you're looking at the pickup, you will see that the pole bangers are all the way to one side. Oh, sure. The whole rest of the width of that pickup, that's where the magnet is, stuck up against the side of the coil. So it's only got the six pole bangers, but it is a humbucker, right? It is not. It is a single coil. Oh, how wild. In the marketing, Gretsch called them full high fidelity with brilliant highs and mellow lows. And an extra lively response, Ed. But yours are not high-lows, right? They are. Oh! In 1960, Gretsch switched to the Hylotrons. This guitar is a 1967, this particular one. So, there is a pickup selector switch that I am employing. I'm in the bridge. Here's the neck. And then in the middle. Other switch is actually a tone switch. So if I go to the neck, which we already established is pretty mellow, and then kick in the tone switch on top of that. Do some of those Lenny jazz chords. 
How's that? Oh, man. Lenny would be so proud of you right now. He did teach me one thing. You know the arpeggios that you can play? Sure. He taught me how to sweep pick those. Hell yeah. I wonder if I could still do it. That's direct from Lenny, that one. I would love you to show me how to do that. Lenny. A gem. Absolutely a champ, this guy. More important than how that guitar sounds, that guitar looks cool. It's beautiful. I really like it. Yeah. So right off the bat in 1960, it's separating itself even more from the Chet because it doesn't have the filtertrons. In 58, they both had ebony fingerboards. In 60, they switched over to rosewood. You're just super not into that, are you? If it had ebony, that would have been cool, but I don't care. I really like it. <laughs> that guitar? The guitar you're holding? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The interesting part to know is that as they switched these things, they didn't do it all at once. So somebody must have been like, hey, let's put the Hylotron pickups on all the anniversaries. Okay, boss, I'll do that. Then who knows when? A day later? Several months later? Let's do Rosewood fingerboards now. Sure. So is it possible to get an anniversary with the Hylotrons and an ebony fingerboard? Oh. There's probably one out there somewhere. I was just kind of looking at Gretsch's over the last couple days, just because. There do seem to be a lot of what look like custom or just weird, like they're called out as kind of one-off. Right. For sure, there's weird variants out there. Back then in the day, companies were maybe more open to somebody just showing up and saying, hey, can I get that in black? Yeah, sure. Who cares? Sure. And they would just do it. It wasn't like they had tens of thousands of people bugging them every day for something. Cool. What else about this guitar, John? Okay, so in 1961, they try stereo pickups. And this is how those worked. You got six pole bangers on these things, right? On a pickup? Yep. Three of them are underneath the bass strings, and three of them are underneath the treble strings. They each go out different outputs, so you need two amps. The bass strings go to one, the treble strings go to another. It was a disaster. That sounds fucking terrible. That sounds like the dumbest idea in the world. Is that why it was a disaster? Imagine the anniversary was put out so it could be more accessible than other guitars. Now you're telling the person that bought this for its accessibility, you're going to need another amp. It couldn't run mono either? It could run mono, but why would you buy it just to run mono, right? Sure. The conceit is that you want this because you want stereo. That's not how Rico Sound works, right? Rico Sound is one pickup to one amp and one pickup to the other. That makes a ton of sense. That is totally the way you should do stereo. So you get the full range going to each amp. Yeah. So it didn't really work. Nobody wanted to use two amps. It was more expensive. They didn't perceive it to sound better anyway. For a thing that was introduced in 1961, by 1962, it's gone. <laughs> yep. I guess they learned their lesson about trying to add stuff like that to the anniversary model. Because as they went on their merry way across all different kinds of models and were adding things, they left the anniversary model largely alone. It never got the double cutaway treatment. Right. 
it never got the built-in string mute thing that presses felt up against the strings. Have you ever seen those Gretches that have the snap-on cover on the back of them? Like the ashtray kind of thing, or? It's like a vinyl padded cover with snaps on it. Oh, on the back. Yes. Totally. Like a round seat cover. Yeah, you take that off and it's just a big old hole so you can get in and work on the wiring. They never did that. I did not know that. I figured it was just like padding. Wild. One thing they did do, starting in 1963, which I think is pretty cool, they bound the fretboard. Yeah, that's cool. This neck is bound. And the single anniversary model, the one pickup, they dropped that. Okay. And they added another color. It was a two-tone tan. I guess they didn't want to just say, hey, man, check it out. It's tan. (laughs) Or check out this beige guitar. So they had to come up with names. Yeah. So the lighter color was bamboo ivory. Oh. And the darker color was jaguar tan. Hmm. I like that they had smoke and shade on the earlier revs. Yeah. I super don't think I like Jaguar. Yeah. I'm not into their stereo stuff, and I'm not into their tan color. Yeah. You remember when Obama got a bunch of shit for wearing a tan suit? I do. That was quaint. That's what that guitar is like. Not into it at all. Not into it. In 1967, Ed, I don't know if you recall this, but the Baldwin Organ Company buys Gretsch. I don't remember that. Soon after that, they drop the two-tone smoke green color. Oh, no, really? Yeah, because they're dickwads that way. These guys are making bad decision after bad decision in the 60s. They're all high on their marijuana cigarettes and... They're smoking the weed dope. Making bad choices. Yep. Get it together, guys. Yeah, man. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, it gets worse, Ed. Yeah. In 1970, Baldwin moves out of the long-time spiritual home of Gretsch, Brooklyn, New York, to Boonville, Arkansas. Yeah. Can you imagine? What I can't imagine is the economy is on a downslide. You've got manufacturing in New York City. Let's do our manufacturing in the most expensive area of the country possible. Yeah, but Arkansas, dude... <laughs> if you're cutting costs, it's not Mississippi, right? Can you imagine all the Brooklyn cats? Yeah, hey guys, here's what's going on. Uh, we're moving to Arkansas, so okay then. I'm sure a non-zero amount of people decided to stay in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. And that was pre-hipster Brooklyn, like when Brooklyn was a shithole, right? Yeah. Yeah, Brooklyn's a shithole, and it's still better than Arkansas. <laughs> That's going to be our next t-shirt. Brooklyn's a shithole, but it's still better than Arkansas. (laughs) (laughs) So Baldwin keeps stinking up the joint. Sure. Until in 1977, they even dropped the double anniversary. No more anniversaries. That's a long run. For making a guitar to celebrate the 75th anniversary, and you're still making it almost 20 years later. That is not the end of it. In 1987, Fred Gritch III... I imagine just gets sick of this, stinking up of the joint, and he buys Gretsch back from Baldwin. Hell yeah. And starts kind of rehabilitating the reputation of the company and the model lineup and starts to try to climb back in the eyes of musicians and the market in general. How'd they do? He did very well to the point where, in 2002, 
Fender takes over manufacturing and marketing. In a unique agreement, the Gretsch family retains ownership of the company. Cool. They have a three-prong approach to this. The classic models are made in Japan. The budget models are Korea and China, but all their limited-run badassery is made out of Fender's custom shop. Oh, I did not know that either. You're hitting me with all the cool stuff. And right off the bat, in 2003, just one year later, they put out a 120th anniversary model. It's a bamboo yellow and metallic bronze two-tone. Oh. What year is this? 2003. Today, you can still get anniversaries, and you can still get the smoke green one. Yeah. Hit up thunderroad.com and buy that guitar, because I think John and I are both... Circling? When we do the whole, like... Oh, is it on your list? Yeah, it's kind of on my list, damn it. Yeah, it's cool. All the Gretches that came out of the Idaho Hall are equally beautiful, so it's worth going to thunderroadguitars.com to just look at some pictures. Gretch, for whatever reason, they've never been super high on my list. The one you're holding is very, very, very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. That's the long and short of it, Ed. I'm super stoked to be back in West Seattle. One shot down. My second shot is this week. Where should people go, John? Maybe you stop by The High Gain on Instagram, look at some pictures. Maybe you even go to thehighgain.com and uh, peruse the website. Maybe leave us a review on iTunes. Is that too much to ask? No. No, that's not too much. Bang a little like and subscribe button. We'd appreciate that. Cool. I think you did a great job, John. Thank you, Ed. I think you did a tremendous job. And you learned a new word. I'm very proud of you. Appalachian. Yes. I am never going to use that word in a sentence, John. I'm stoked I learned it, but I am never dropping Appalachian. <laughs> well, all right, then. On that note, Ed. Uh, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>